0: Ready to stop spinning your wheels and start moving your business forward? You're in the right place. On each episode of Accelerate to Achieve, we'll discuss a crucial step in the journey, offering tips and advice that you can apply immediately within your own company. From financial management, to customer success, to digital transformation, we'll cover it all while providing leadership lessons from top industry insiders. In just 15 minutes, you'll be inspired to build momentum through action and achieve incredible results. Welcome to Accelerate to Achieve, the podcast that moves you from question to answer and idea to execution. Hello, and welcome back to the latest
1: edition of the Accelerate to Achieve podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Walter, the founder of Perils Advisory. If we want to achieve something great, access to the best talent available is a smart starting point. Just consider the level and quality of play in baseball following Jackie Robinson joining the Dodgers, and there's no doubt about it. Even with the best of intentions to build a meritocracy, unseen hurdles can trip us up and have a negative impact. Our guest today has a lot to share on this subject. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined today by Kristen Lamoureux. Now she's the president and CEO of Lamoureux Search, which assists both its clients and candidates in answering the question. Where do we go from here? A self proclaimed inclusionist, she's dedicated her efforts towards helping people and organizations reap the benefits from a diverse leadership team. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I'm delighted to be here.
1: I think most of us were paying attention, um, and in a very good way, there appears to be an increasing focus on diversity and inclusion. Yet the end results don't always paint the same picture. Now, what indicators are you seeing that tell us we still have a ways to go?
2: So it's a number of things. There's a fantastic organization called NCWIT, which is the National Center for Women in Information Technology, and they put out an annual scorecard of the status of women in tech, and it's a fantastic resource, free to download for anyone. It really does paint a stark Picture for women in information technology. And when you're speaking of women of color, the numbers are far worse. Now, positives hey, there are more Latina women in tech than ever before. Yay! You still don't need two hands to count the percentage of Latina women in tech. So, mm, still work to be done. Uh, there's also another resource uh, put out by Catalyst, which is an organization that is an activist organization focused on diversity within technology. They have a white paper out that was originally written in 2016, refreshed in 2018, and unfortunately still applicable today that references the emotional tax that people of color, regardless of gender, pay every single day just to walk into work and when they break it down by ethnicity and by gender once again unfortunately latina women carry this emotional tax the emotional tax is an expectation of bias so think about it from a soldier perspective. They anticipate, they have to be at the ready that there's going to be firefight at some point that day. These are your employees bringing that same on guardedness to the job every single day. And that translates into 27 to 36% of your workforce wanting to quit. It's amazing when you drag things down to bottom line numbers, how quickly you go, hang on a minute, we got to do something.
1: You know, one quick follow up on that tax, and I mm-hmm. think that's an incredible term to call it, is there also an impact on folks then knowing about that from others and now choosing not to pursue a career versus those who are also departing?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because when you see, How organizations treat people. The people, each employee has a sphere of influence, whether it is family, friends, a network. And who do they trust? Their friend or your company branding? If your friend is saying, man, you wouldn't believe the crap I deal with at work every day versus the commercial on international women's day that the company put out to check a box they're going to believe their friends and yes daughters sons of people you know who they see what their parents are going through aunts uncles cousins family members siblings and they say woof i don't want to do that there are fewer women graduating with computer science degrees than ever before that is a real wake up call.
1: So there are a number of organizations out there with at least give the sense that they have the best intentions here. And they're trying to, you know, improve the situation, but they're coming up short. Why is this?
2: This is a shotgun answer. There's no one reason. And that's what makes the challenge of diversity so difficult. You can't just do this one thing and fix it. So we can talk in terms of trends. Many people are familiar with the focus on diversity and inclusion. It doesn't matter if you have 3% Black African American or 8% Indian Pacific Islander employees, if those individuals feel excluded, that because of their ethnicity, they are not eligible for advancement opportunities mentoring to secure an executive coach then you have the numbers but not the inclusion the effectiveness the you don't reap the benefits of the diversity and in truth those individuals will continue to look for yet another opportunity another culture where they can be successful there's also focus on equity that previously had been missing from a lot of workplaces. And people think of equity as everybody is the same, when in truth, equity is addressing the fact that everybody is not the same. And my favorite visual that most people can relate to is if you imagine three kids trying to peek over a fence at a baseball game and the one kid that's really tall can see over the fence and the medium height kid needs a little box or something to stand on and the shortest kid needs two or three boxes to stand on so some people used to define equity as well either nobody gets a box or every kid gets one box That's equity in terms of, I have done the same to each person, but true equity is you look at the outcome you're trying to achieve. I want each of these three kids to be able to see the game. So if I have to do things differently and give a step stool to one kid in the middle and two step stools to the kid on the end so that all three benefit equally, that. What you should do—that's the outcome that we were trying to achieve—and now each individual feels that they were treated equitably because they each achieved the same outcome. It, there's a host of other reasons we could talk about. It, it really comes down to each individual organization, if not each individual leader, looking at themselves and saying, "Do our actions reflect our intentions?"
1: So you mentioned the, in essence, complexity of the problem, not a take a few things on a box and it's solved. I'm wondering if we look in many ways maybe at the front end of this process and how folks may be brought on uh, to an organization. Often we talk about our culture, how the fit, who joins. And I'm wondering, do we actually look at culture the wrong way? Are we defining it the wrong way, particularly when you talked about kind of the way we need to look at equity? Because it seems to me that probably is a different perspective than some might define their culture.
2: I am a big fan of culture and looking as I'm recruiting for my clients to align with their core cultural values on those things that are the most important to them. But my favorite definition of culture, which for many is this nebulous, touchy-feely emotional thing, is really this. Culture is how you do the work that needs to be done. If your environment is a shark tank High intensity, life and death on the line every day. Then you better be hiring sharks that are just going to be right there with you. You know, if your environment is about celebrating your customers, customer obsessed, but mission driven, where every single employee is engaged and they too have that same strong customer focus then how the work gets done in each place will be different. So once again, your culture is reflection of what you are truly doing, how you are doing it, not how your HR brochure is defining it, if that makes sense.
1: I think it does, and I think that probably draws a good line around why we may Define it incorrectly during that hiring process, therefore. And as you said, um, I always think back to something I've heard, which is we tend to look for folks like us uh, that we're used to. And and even if not on purpose, it's I am connected to people who think like I do. Obviously, they're maybe uh, I feel positively about myself, and that's great. But a lot of me in one place. Most likely doesn't, um, doesn't stir the kettle that well. So I'm wondering on that front then, how do we kind of look at culture instead of being the way we look at it is, can it be additive? Is, is it more about that side versus how do I get someone I know I'd be go and thrilled to get a beer with?
2: Uh, I often will describe some of my clients as, you know, that corporate softball team culture where you could do a presentation with them, but then go get a beer after the game with them too. So I I get exactly what you're talking about. Um, But you said the exact phrase. Most people, when they're hiring, will think about cultural fit, making the individual that they want to hire, making the onus on them to fit. Into our culture. When an individual hiring manager hires for a culture ad, now we can achieve greater diversity. As I said earlier, every organization has core values, how they get things done, and what their belief systems are. The trouble with saying, this is our culture, is it has those guardrails got boundaries. When you're hiring somebody in a culture ad situation, you're saying, wow, Kristen has the three core beliefs that we share in terms of her customer focus, her focus on inclusion and diversity, and her willingness to have fun at work. The fact that Kristen may need A work accommodation or may also bring incredible computer science you know or data science technology expertise is a win the fact that she may be diverse and have this incredible love of music and she sings all day during work cool you know whereas so many people previously have been like well We are a suit and tie environment, and I need everybody to be in a suit and tie. Does wearing a suit and tie really impact your customers? Does that really impact the business outcomes you're trying to achieve? Or, again, if you think of core true beliefs and let yourself be flexible on even location of hiring, COVID has taught all of us we can be more flexible because people actually can do work from home. So culture ad hiring is about really understanding those two or three things that are core to you, coupled with the outcomes you're looking for this individual to achieve in their new job and flexing on the rest, just as think of it as this individual is going to enrich Our culture.
1: You know, you've given us a lot to think about, and this subject really just covered at a very, I'd call it preliminary, cursory level here. We we could talk for days. So I'd like to thank you for helping bring a bunch of really critical topics together in a short period of time. And I I know I don't always give my listeners an easy bit with it because we try to do it all in under fifteen minutes. So as we kind of wrap up here. I'd love your advice for someone in kind of one of the following situations. One, maybe I do have a problem. I don't know. How do I how do I evaluate that to see if something hidden is going on? And or I would then say, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. What's the first area for me to assess if things do need to get better?
2: So it's an easy answer and a really tough answer. The easiest way to find out If there may be concerns or issues that you're unaware of, is to ask. But the most dangerous thing that you could do is ask and then do nothing. So if you want to, for engaging your employees, do a little homework yourself. There are assessments again at ncwit.org, ncwit.org. There are assessments for employers to evaluate the level of bias inside their organization. There is an assessment also available at Out Leadership, uh, which is a uh, LGBTQ uh, organization that, again, free assessment for any employer to go and take. And that can be a little reality check for you as a leader. And as you're clicking through, another great resource, also a simple starting point, since we're talking about hiring, is looking at your job descriptions themselves. There's a great tool available, Textio, T-E-X-T-I-O, that will measure the ingrained bias in your job descriptions. Without talking to a soul, you can give yourself a really quick assessment and a little reality check. And then if you are game to make a change, simply ask your employees, do our actions measure up with our intentions? When we recruited you, when we hired you, we told you who we were. Do we feel that those are your experiences are aligned? And if not, how can we make it better? You will be shocked. You will not get pay me more. (laughs) You will get requests for employee special interest groups, you know, or something with COVID moving beyond your uh, EAP plans, you know, extra programs where you can help support your employees. The requests. Aren't going to be life changing. They will be individualized and you need to address each individual's needs. That's where the coordination part comes in. But if you are able to retain, even just select, you know, half a dozen of your high potentials, think about the impact on your revenue there. Personally, I'd love to see you save everybody, but if you're going to start small, think about those individuals most critical to you and start the conversations with them.
1: I think that brings us to a great ending point today. And again, thank you so much for joining and sharing You know, a very important, I would like to say topic, but it's much bigger than a topic, a very important subject, an area that just deserves more ongoing focus, attention, awareness, and effort. So again, thank you so much for joining me.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: The first step in almost any process of improvement is recognizing you might have a problem. Often our pride gets in the way of acknowledging we may not be doing as well as we hoped. It's this recognition, though, that can open our minds and build a bridge to a better place. Thank you for listening today. I look forward to joining you on the next episode. Until then, I'm Ryan Walter, and remember that solving your biggest business problems begins when you decide to accelerate your approach and achieve more.
0: At Perils Advisory, our focus is your business's future. Having the right insight, experience, and perspective makes all the difference when tackling far-reaching issues within your company. We are here to simplify the steps, unlock your potential, and move you forward making your vision a reality. We've helped startups achieve massive growth, mid-sized businesses navigate digital transformation, and enterprises embrace innovation. Wondering how to jumpstart your business and move it forward? Contact us to discuss your audacious goals during a complimentary consultation. Thank you for listening to this episode of Accelerate to Achieve. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. Got a question? feedback on the program, or interested in being a guest, simply go to perils.co forward slash a2a-podcast and send us a message. To learn more about our work or to book a consultation, visit us at perils.co forward slash contact. Until next time, remember that solving your biggest business problems begin when you decide to accelerate your approach and achieve more.